This is Ken Lubin, the host and founder of the Executive Athletes Podcast, and welcome to this week's episode. I want to thank everyone that's been listening, and thank you for the comments and feedback. They're awesome and are an incredible help in this journey to making this podcast better and better each episode. Once again, this is unscripted and unedited, as I believe it's the best way to get to really know the guest. And you may hear a couple dogs barking in the background from time to time. We'll try to keep it out, but you never know what these beasts can do. So this week's guest is Colin Morgan. And Colin's got a pretty unique story. Like I say, unique, unique just like everyone else. But Colin's a professional golfer who then turned a successful entrepreneur. <clears throat> and a few years ago, Colin found himself caught in the daily grind of business, of golf, of just life in general. And he felt unfulfilled, and certainly he was not making the money he wanted to make. So he left his job and set out on his own. And I've talked to many of you guys about this and really taking that next step. And um, Colin stumbled around until he found someone who could show him the way. And that was the key, was finding a coach and finding a mentor. And now in his, now he has purpose and he looks forward to every day with renewed enthusiasm. He has a great relationship, a growing business and an insatiable appetite for learning like most of us. And he started and developed the Daily Grind podcast to help people who are just like he was. And his podcast is pretty unique. It airs five days a week, unlike ours, who's really one day a week and features some of the world's most fascinating people. His guests include the world's top entrepreneurs and other highly influential people. Colin hopes to educate and inspire listeners to do what you have always wanted to do. Maybe that is writing your own book or starting a side hustle. His goal is to motivate, educate, and inspire people to do that one thing you've always wanted to do, start your own business. So Colin, welcome aboard, and we'd love to you know, hear who Colin Morgan is from your own perspective. Oh, Ken, I don't think I can say it any better. It was one of the best intros I've ever had. Thank, first of all, thanks so much for having me on the show. No, um, awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for people who are being first introduced to me, I think Ken kind of covered everything. Um, I'm really just someone who is trying to better myself every day, no matter what I do, do it with passion and purpose, and hopefully help a little uh, or some of you out there to really push forward towards reaching uh, your biggest goals that you have or, or those desires that you want out of life. So that's, that's me in a nutshell. I love sports. I love business. I love helping people. That's awesome. So let's, let's start with your golf career. Tell, tell us a little bit about that and the evolution of that. Yeah, you know what? Uh, from a young age, I love sports. Um, it was really all I ever thought about, Ken. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I had always wanted to be a professional athlete growing up in Canada that started with wanting to play in the NHL. And then I kind of found golf. And for me, I thought that golf would be the best avenue to reach uh, being a professional athlete and reaching the PGA tour. And I fell in love with it. I saw huge results at the beginning. I had a decorated junior and amateur career, which led me into getting a full scholarship to the U S um, where I played two years and ultimately turned professional and did so for about three years. And the professional career didn't go as planned for me. I think um, a lot of times when from a young age, you put all your passion and everything, all your attention into one thing, you can attach your identity to that. And when things don't go well, you feel like a loser yourself. And that happened to me. I felt like because I wasn't seeing the results I was seeing as a junior and an amateur that I was a failure and not just a failure in golf, but in life. 
And I started to become really unhappy with the sport, didn't like it and had to find a different career path. But, um, you know, going back to the original question for you, Ken, <laughs> um, with golf is just, I, I always loved golf. Uh, I love team sports, but I love the feeling of, you know, having it all on me and just the preparation and just the quietness and, and being alone with myself on a golf course with a club in my hand. That's what really drew me to it. And you had mentioned, you know, about your identity, right? This golf was your identity, I'm sure, mm-hmm. for, for some time. A lot you know, of time, yeah. And I think a lot, that's where people, you know, they get caught up in that. And, and I think, I don't know if they know it's their identity, but that's all they really have to live for at that point. How did you make that switch going from being, you know, Colin Morgan professional golfer to Colin Morgan successful entrepreneur? Yeah, it took probably about two and a half, three years after I had decided that golf wasn't for me and I wanted to find something else. Like I said, when you attach that identity to the sport, it takes a really long time for you to like accumulate yourself to life afterwards, right? It's like, what am I doing? What are my skills? Like everything you would work towards. And you know, for people out there who are doing what you love or in a job, it's like just that being taken away from you and you having to start from scratch. And, uh, for me, it was a process of me having to more so kind of find myself and heal and learn from others and listen to podcasts and read books and figure out what was out there. And one thing I did do really well is I failed at a lot of businesses that I tried. Um, but the one thing I can attribute a lot of what I have now to is that I tried and, um, when I was never stagnant, I never not did anything, whether that was taking a job or whether that was trying to start a business. Um, I always was doing something and through that education and through the action, that's what led me into ultimately becoming an entrepreneur. Wow. And what did, what did you do between your golfing career and then into the podcast world? Tell us a little bit about that. Some of the businesses that you failed at, because I think those are <laughs> the best learning stories. Believe me, I, fa- I fail every day. <laughs> I can tell you that. So do I. So do I. I, um, I wanted to get into online, like the online business world. I started to read, read people who did you know, webinars and sold online courses. So I thought I would teach golf online. And then I figured out that that wasn't really my passion. I wouldn't be able to help people and it took a lot more work. So I stopped doing that. And then I saw people making money through building online stores. So I'm like, oh, I can do this drop shipping game. I'll create a Shopify store. I'll sell products, passion products to people. And again, I did it solely for the reason of money. So when I realized the amount of work that I had to do, uh, I stopped. And then I tried to, uh, I got into the car business. So I started working with a friend, family friend, who was in-house financing. So for those people who don't know what that is, um, if people can't afford cars, they would come to us and we would sell them like 30% interest rates on monthly payments. It was crazy. So I thought I was going to open a car dealership with my brother, which ultimately we didn't, thankfully. Um, Then I I worked as a server bartender. I was a hotel manager. I was a golf course manager. Um, geez, the list goes on, man. Literally I tried everything (laughs) (laughs) and that was all in a, like I said, two and a half, three year span. So I never, I was kind of, I sold international real estate. Like I I really was trying to find what I wanted to do. (laughs) That is, uh, you know, that's it though, because I think you you learned what you know, you don't want to do, right? I think that's the key. It's true. You learn what you don't want to do. And the biggest thing is you pick up skills. So for the golf business, I learned how to create an online course. I learned how to run a webinar. 
um, in the car business, I learned what it took to put together a deal and all the paperwork that it took and how to structure it properly and how a business makes money. Um, in bartending and, and serving in the hotel business and the golf course business, you learn personal relationships. Selling international real estate, I learned about sales. So all these things that I tried and failed at, I picked up a new skill and then that all encompassed into what I'm doing now. Right. No, that's, and tell us about what you're doing now, the daily grind podcast. This, this sounds amazing. Yeah. You know what? It was, uh, I got onto entrepreneurs on fire. So John Lee Dumas had one of the most popular podcasts. It was the first one I listened to and he was interviewing people seven days a week and I fell in love with it. And I was working with my father at the time and I ended up being a guest on his show. And it was a 30 minute episode. It was kind of weird <laughs> to be quite honest, but I love that. I'm like, wow, this is a really unique way to share my message and what I do. So I wanted to do it. And uh, like anything else, I really felt like five days a week for me was a way in which I could commit to something and do it long time, uh, long term. Because for me at the time, I'd been kind of jumping jobs and doing different things. And I felt like if I did it once a week, it would be sort of, I wouldn't commit fully to it. So five days a week and a year and a bit later, here we are. And that stemmed into me now helping people with marketing and working with some professional athletes to help them better be prepared to transition for life outside of sports. And that's was, you know, when we first started, started chatting, I think that was a couple of things that brought us together is, you know, the podcasting thing. But I think also making that transition from yeah. athlete to non-athlete, right? I think, you know, I've done stuff with the U.S. Olympic Committee. I've done, you know, I've helped countless others just you're trying to make that transition because I know when I struggled from leaving college from the ski world and coaching and then all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, what am I going to do now? <laughs> totally. It's, your identity is gone, right? You're, yeah. you know, you're Colin Morgan, the golfer. I was Ken Lubin, the skier and the cyclist. And it's like, all right, now I'm going to be a headhunter or I'm going to go do this or I'm going to do that. You know, Talk to us about making that transition and, you know, some of the things you're helping others, you know, with that transition, because I know a lot of people listening are in the process of making, you know, making that transition as well. Yeah, I think the most important thing to do is make that transition now. So if you're in a sport, if you're a professional athlete, the biggest thing you have right now is what every entrepreneur, every business person could ever want, and that is attention. And you can think about this, Ken, like when you were skiing and you were a cyclist, you had fans, you had people who supported you, people in the community who would do anything for you. Um, and that goes away when you retire. That goes away when you find a, do, a new profession, you decide to do something different. But if you start now and you can take case studies like what Steph Curry's doing, um, Danny Green with the Toronto Raptors because he's here in Toronto, these guys are starting podcasts and LeBron James their attention is outside of sport because they are smart enough, first of all, to realize that it's going to happen, but ultimately what they've done, and this is a lot to do with money, but it's something that athletes can do now is they build a team around them. So they're helping them be prepared to transition because as an athlete, you want to focus 100% on your sport. That's what made you successful. But if you can surround yourself with a team of people who can help you in those different areas, well, that's really when you can expand out. And when you do retire, you're ready, you're prepared. And ultimately, Ken, like, I believe that you should be excited because you have all these things that you've been working on for so long and now it's just such a seamless transition. But I think it really, the biggest thing people have to do is start now and not wait until after they retire. 
And what, what would you say to a college person, right? Who is, that was our, their identity in college. You have anything, you know, I think you do the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Start now, start, you know, preparing yourself after college, start creating your own personal brands. But exactly. I mean, know. that's the easiest thing you can do is start to create a personal brand is, is create an Instagram account. Just post every day, post what you're doing. Um, like if you're in college, post your daily routines, like practice, work at what you're eating, how you prepare for the game, maybe after in the locker room, give like little, you know, interview a teammate. Like there's so many different things that you can do that are actually really super fun that can help you better be prepared. Cause even in college, like a lot of people are going to college. Again, you have fans, you have teams, you have coaches, you have a whole school who's behind you. So if you actually do something, you're going to have all of that support. And like I said, you don't want that to go away and then you start something. Right. No. And that's, and I think that's, what's, you know, crazy, right? Because they think it's just going to be easy. And the second you say you retire, (laughs) you're done. It's over, right? You know, you're forgotten. They're moving on to the next person. Yeah. And, and the stats for themselves, like I think the average athlete lifespan is five and a half years. 90% 90% of athletes will make 90% of their money between ages 20 and 30. And what that means is when people are, other people are starting to start seeing some money and success, these athletes' careers are over. The right. amount of money that they make for their life is over. Like it doesn't have to be that way. Not at all. No. And like you said, it's probably easier, you know, easier than ever. Well, it is easier than ever than, you know, to go out and create your own personal brand. And I'm sure you're probably doing that with the daily grind. Tell us, you know, tell us about your podcast, the daily grind. It's, you know, it's, it's creating Colin Morgan, but it's also creating this community of entrepreneurs. Yeah. And that's really what it is. You're exactly right. And it's the same thing that you find here, Ken, with your podcast. Like the biggest thing is, is the people that I've been able to meet and networking, like outside of being able to provide people with value like the amount of value that I found and being able to interview people is is endless and people always talk about you know email lists or growing a growing a fan base like I just look at the 300 plus people that I've interviewed and like that's 300 people who are super valuable and not just who I think are valuable but who the marketplace thinks is valuable and that is amazing and no matter what you do if you can have people around you who are successful in something when you need something you're able to go out and simply ask for it and having the humility first in order to do that but it starts sort of building that community it's probably the same thing you found on the show here ken right it's like it's just the community that you build it's the people you meet and it's it's everything it's definitely six degrees of Kevin Bacon, right? It's, it's amazing. I've, and I play this game with friends of mine, but it's like, hey, if you need to get in touch with the president or if you need to get in touch with this person, how many people would you actually need to call to get in touch with that person? Yeah. And it's amazing what your network is, right? It's, it's creating that network. It's making that network go viral. And believe me, you know, there's things I've done that have worked really well. And there's things I've done that have blown up, you know, in my face spectacularly. But I think it's really, you know, offering that insight and trying to really offer, I don't know if it's advice or as much as insight, right, of what works and what doesn't work. And that's, you know, by interviewing people, you get that from them. You know, like I said earlier, it's easier to, you know, copy genius and create mediocrity. But everyone you're chatting with is someone that's supposed to be there, right? You're supposed to be chatting with that person for some reason or another. 
It's true. People relate to stories. Like people don't relate to someone saying you should be doing this or do this or do that. People relate to hearing someone else's story and being able to take one thing from it being like, Oh wow, he was in the same position as, as, as I was. And he did this. Well, I could do that right now. Like it's not all the, all the time. It's not about trying to get everything out of it. It's just about being able to take one little thing from each interview or one little thing from someone that you speak to. And oftentimes instead of just trying to bark at someone to say, you know, find a mentor or do this or do that. It's, it's often through telling your story and, others sharing their story that people really find that connection. And when you find that connection, I feel like that's really what draws you and drives you to take the action. And, you know, and of the people you've interviewed, what do you think the common theme of is, right? You know, theme of success and becoming an entrepreneur or theme of success in life. What, you know, if you could say it in four or five sentences or less, what, what do you think that is? Yeah. You know, it's so tough, but the one thing I've taken from it is your thoughts control your behaviors and the behaviors control your actions. And the results you're seeing right now are a direct reflection of the behaviors that you have. So if you want to change your behaviors, you need to change your thoughts. So I can expand on that if you wouldn't mind, Ken. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. So ultimately like the way I feel like making a change is there's five steps and I, I look at a fist, right? Cause if you, when you make a fist it takes five fingers, all five fingers and a fist is like the universal symbol for power, right? If you want to be powerful, if you make like a, a great run skiing, can you like fist pump at the bottom of the hill, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and if you're angry, you make that fist. Like it's just simply what we as humans do. So the way I look at it is the first thing you have to do, number one, is you have to admit that you need to change. So you need to admit that what you're doing right now isn't working or isn't fully working and you need to change. And once you admit that you need to change, then you will ultimately change. And number two is once you admit that change, now you start to become really self-aware of those bad and losing behaviors and thoughts that you have throughout the day. So all of those patterns that you've created in your life, you start to pick up on those things. Like when you start to have self-doubt, you go to the couch instead of going to the gym. So you can start to pick up on those negative self-talk and those bad behaviors. You become self-aware. And when you become self-aware, it leads to number three, which is, <clears throat> excuse me, number three is the honeymoon stage. So it's the ring finger is what I say. Okay. So this is when you start to replace the bad behaviors with the good behaviors. And this is where people see the greatest results early on. It's like going to the gym. You see all of the biggest impact in like the first month, right, Ken? Yep because you start to replace those bad behaviors with the good behavior. You start to eat properly, you start to actually work out for the first time. So this is when you see the biggest results. And now the fourth thing is, is the easiest to break. It's often thought of last, but is really the second most important thing that you need to do. And that's have consistency. So now that you've replaced those bad behaviors with good behaviors, you need to be consistent with it every single day. And to speed this up, the glue that holds everything together, which is your thumb, which creates that fist, that's having a purpose. That's having a vision for what you need. So those days that you don't feel like getting up, those days you don't feel like going to the gym or doing whatever you need to do, you can go back and say, what do I really want in life? And you can visualize it so clearly in your mind that it just drives you to keep moving forward. 
what do you suggest to people that are sort of searching for their <clears throat> searching for their calling, right? You know, what, what, what would you tell them? Be like, Hey, I don't really know what I want to do. The, the worst thing you can do is, is think about it. I think. <laughs> okay. So I, I would just say, take action, do something, build a new skill, take an online course. You can go to Udemy and take courses for $15 to learn about marketing or learn about sales or learn about anything. But from that, like you could probably relate to this, Ken. I didn't know I was going to like podcasting until about a week in. And then I really found a passion for it. But if I were to just sit there and think, you know, what, what's next for me? I'd still be sitting there thinking <laughs> what's next for me. I'd still be in the same position, right? So it's just about taking action, learning a skill. It's yeah, it's definitely all about throwing the ball lines off, right? And overcoming, overcoming that anxiety. And I think like you had mentioned, it's admitting to yourself, number one. Number two, it's just saying, even if you're scared, just do it, right? It's sort of like the Nike yeah. ad, but I think it's creating that momentum. And that's where people, I think a lot of people in sport and in business get caught and they get stuck is because yes. they don't have that momentum, right? Their momentum you know, has always been there for them, has been given to them. I think you know, in golf or in individual sports, you have to create that momentum, I think it's a little different sometimes with team sports and team environments where, you know, the momentum is, I don't know if it's given to you, but it's still, you know, there's a camaraderie around that. And, yeah. but in order to survive in that team world to be the best, you know, you're, you're almost your own individual anyways. And, you know, they always have the most momentum and they bring the others up. Exactly. And you can relate so much to sport, right? And, and exactly what you said. And for some reason, people think that sports, is you have to be different when you're in business or an entrepreneur. Like when you're in sport, you have a coach, you have a nutritionist, you have someone that helps you with all these different things. But in business, a lot of times people don't have anything. So if you can go back and be like, imagine I started playing golf and I didn't have any help. Would I have played professionally? Would I have gotten a scholarship? Absolutely not. It takes more than just talent. Right. Yeah. No. And believe me. Yeah. You know, surrounding yourself, number one, with the right people, but just jumping in, I think it's, it's just taking action, right. As a step one. And that's where I think that's where the anxiety for most people really, that's their issue because they, they don't know where to go and where to begin. And, you know, one of the things I always talk about, if you follow me at all online is, is getting outside that comfort zone, right. Trying to become comfortable of being uncomfortable because, you know, then, and then I think it becomes addictive and then you become bored when you're not uncomfortable. Right. And then, then you get yourself into all types of other, you know, trouble, either good or bad. It's true. You start to, it's very easy to, to not take action because I mean, we live, everyone's so judgmental, right. And it's so easy to be pigeonholed with what your aunt says about you or what your friends are going to say about you. But like, just think about that for a second. Like you really, that's where it goes back to. If you want to make a change, you need to admit that you need to make a change first mm -hmm. and foremost. Like you need to admit that I haven't really done everything the way I needed it to be done and I need to change things. And I, I truly believe it starts there because I think like, I don't know about for you, Ken, but like that for me was the most difficult thing was to look at myself in the mirror and to be like for the last two years, I've really flushed my life down the toilet and I need that to not happen anymore right yeah well it's yeah and that's where you know sometimes they say rock bottom is the best place to go because it's a it's a solid footing to you know to, to step on and to build something upon it's true think, you know like you're saying admitting it 
is is probably the most difficult thing but i think once you admit it and you accept it i think is probably the the best thing and i know and we use sports because of executive athletes as a metaphor but i think it it's not just sports it's music it's art it's being a programmer or a business person or or whatever it is right it's just what your passion is and admitting because we all know when we're doing something wrong, no matter what, yeah. right? We yeah, know totally. we didn't work hard enough on this. We know we <laughs> didn't eat right, you know, for this race or for this event. Or we all know that, you know, my buddies are out, um, you know, I should be training when they're out partying and, you know, you, willpower didn't work that night or something like that. But like totally. you said, admitting it is is the first step. And once you admit it, you can just go anywhere from there. Yeah, and we, like, no one's perfect. I have those same problems all the time. Right. And like, I realized, you know, in social settings, I'm one of those people that just likes to, you know, have a beer with friends. Right. And I feel awkward when I don't, but knowing that now I can actually maybe decide to make a change. Right. Yep. And it, it's when you just continue the cycle over and over and over again, that's when I think it starts to become a little bit, little bit dangerous. It does. Now, and what about, you know, your thoughts about starting your podcast? You know, I know a lot of people, Mm -hmm. you know, I've sort of given my advice, but I'd love to hear someone else's advice. You know, what are your thoughts about starting a podcast and and going about it and and taking that leap into it? Yeah, I mean, it really depends. It's person to person. It depends on your, your goals. But for the simple fact of you being able to sit behind a mic and, and speak. And even if like, I truly believe Ken, even if you didn't air it out to anybody, even if you just spoke on a microphone for 20 minutes a day about what you were feeling, like it's so therapeutic because anytime you're able to share your story or share what you're feeling, it helps you heal. And if you can take that one step further and share it out with people, I mean, that's when you can really start to make a change on people's lives. And whether that be sharing your story or sharing other people's story um, is super amazing. And it's in business, it's all about attention, right? And if you can have fans and if you can have people who are by your side, um, who cheer for you, it's super easy to come up with a product or service to be able to help them. Because at that point, you can have maybe 100 people who are listening to your podcast and send out a survey and say, hey, what are you guys struggling with a B or C and they're struggling with C. Well, now you can maybe create a service or create a product, which are going to help them um, with C and be able to solve that. No, I love that. I love that. But I think like you said, it's, it's therapeutic, right? To, to, to talk to someone, to talk to people about it. And I think I can't tell you how much it's helped me just business wise by going back and listening to my own, <laughs> my original podcast, right. Of oh, yeah. what I do right or what I don't, or what I do wrong or how my voice works this way or that way. And it, it's crazy. But, and I remember the first few, I was hesitant to listen to them. Number one. And then number two, like, Same. Oh my God, this is crazy. Right. And in Finding your voice, I think, is is probably the biggest thing. And I think if any advice I give to people who want to start a podcast or start sort of in the world of social media, it's just finding your voice and sticking with your voice. 100%. And, and it's all about starting, right? Like, it's the same thing that I reiterated from the beginning of the show, Ken. Like, if you want to, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, start it. Don't worry about how it's going to look. Don't worry about how you're going to get your logo. Don't worry about the microphone you're going to use. Don't worry about how you're going to market it just start it. Do the first one. I promise you, if you do the first one, it'll start to create that, that snowball effect that you were even talking about, right, Ken? 
Oh, definitely. Yeah. It's huge. It's really, it's really, um, yeah, those are the pieces, right? It's just get rolling. And it's same with working out. It's same with doing a sales job. It's picking up the phone one more time, right? Or picking up the phone, not one more time, just initially picking up the phone. I remember, you know, when I started in sales and started in recruiting, that was the scariest thing ever was picking up the phone. And then number two, the, the next scary thing was actually talking to someone. <laughs> and next number three was, you know, in my head, I was ready for failure, but I think there was probably as much of a fear of success as well, right? Because I did what what, what would happen if they true. did say that yes, true. right? That is true. And I think, like as we were talking earlier, a friend of mine is you know his son's struggling because he doesn't know how to win, right? It's and that's more people are more people. He does not that he doesn't know how to win. He doesn't have the maturity of it because people, you know, there's coming in first place and there's winning, right? And I think it's when you start getting a higher, higher level, it's a lot harder to win. It's, it's a different mindset. It's, you have to think about things differently and it's a learned trait. Exactly. You have to learn how to win. You have to learn how to win. It takes, it takes years of winning to learn how to win, especially properly. And it's like, it, it goes back to even golf, right? It's like focusing at the beginning. It's focusing on the process, not the results, right? It's not looking at what did, Jimmy and John shoot, but like, what do I have in front of me? What can I control? Because if we look way ahead of us, I'm probably the same with you with skiing, right? Like if you were to have thought I need to hit this time or do this before I get down to the bottom of the hill, you wouldn't have executed what you need to execute. It's about focusing what you can control, which is right in front of you. That's exactly it. Right. And I think that's what separates the best from, you know, everyone else. If you look at Tiger or you look at Bodie or you look at, you know, Lindsay or Lindsay Vaughn or any of those guys, they know how to win no matter what, right? The cards are stacked against them. They're going to go out and they're going to lay it out there and make it happen. And I think, you know, uh, there should be a study on that and there should be people, you know, I'm sure there's sports psychologists about it, but I think the fear of success is probably even more than the fear of failure. It is. And I think people have a really difficult time admitting that, right? Like they're fearful of success and you don't want to admit that because you feel like you sound like a loser, right? Like <laughs> I get it. Like I almost felt like that before too, right? Like you're so fearful of, you're fearful of failing, but you're like, what if I succeed? Like, am I not going to have the same friends? Like what my family going to look at me differently? Like, are people going to start asking me for money? Like it holds you back from what you're comfortable with. Yes. No, it's a, it's a crazy thing, but it's, you know, it's something that I've really been thinking about and pondering a lot recently is that it's that, and I think that, like I said, holds more people back from being successful than the fear of failure, right? The fear, we're so trained that, you know what? Oh, good job, Johnny. You did great. But no, you know, and oh, okay. I did great. But in reality, it's like, no, you know, (laughs) Johnny, you didn't win. what What do you need to do to win? And I think, the the commitment that it takes to become you know the one percent or the you know point zero one percent is so astronomically high it's asymptotic and there's very few people that are willing to really lay that on the line number one number two have the mindset actually to be able to push through that right and i think it's you know it's athletes it's politicians it's business people and there's there's a bit of ruthlessness involved Totally. I mean, even look at Tiger Woods, right? Like how many times did he change his swing in his prime? Like right. He, he won like four majors one year in a row and then he changed his swing because he wanted to get better. 
Like, I think that's so sweet. Like <laughs> so many people are so stuck and afraid. Oh, I can't change my swing. I'm playing well right now. Are you Tiger Woods? Like, <laughs> right. No, maybe you should do things differently. Maybe you should look at that as an example and say, do I keep repeating the same thing? Or maybe I could make a slight tweak, make a slight change and I could get a different result. And right. I think it's so simple to say, but people are so afraid to do it. It's hard. No, believe me, it's, it's the way, you know, I know it's hard in my business. I know it's probably hard in your business, right? It's, it's, you, you get comfortable and you almost have to force yourself outside of that comfort zone to really, you know, to get there. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, you may fail, but like I said, sometimes you may succeed and, and then what? <laughs> it's like, holy shit, it's, this is actually working. What do I do next? Exactly. People always have the fear of like, oh, what if it fails? But exactly what you said what if it succeeds man like what if you actually do what you want to do and it works like wow that'd be amazing right <laughs> and scary <laughs> and scary so tell us about you know we're coming up on about half hour here 35 minutes tell us about where people can find you tell us about you know your podcast a little bit more and you know um i'd love to push some people your way number one number two if any insight that you can give people that'd be great as well for sure. Yeah. If you want to find me uh, super simple, you can either visit dailygrindpodcast.com or you can find the Daily Grind podcast on virtually anything you listen to, whether it's Spotify, um, well, geez, anywhere you listen to podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> but if you like personal development, you want to better yourself, you want to learn from successful people, just like Ken show here. Um, I do it five days a week. So I bring in a lot of different people, um, different aspects, different areas of life. So go ahead and check that out. And then if you want to follow up with what I do more on a daily basis, you can follow me on Instagram and uh, I'd be happy to share that link with you, Ken, in the show notes to make things easy. Perfect. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And Colin, it was great to have you on. This was amazing. I'm sure we go for hours and hours here, you know, because it's so many similar, you know, similar topics to talk about. So thank you very much for being part of the show and being part of the podcast. Oh, Ken, thanks so much for having me, man. I, I love what you're doing with the podcast. I, you know, for people listening, do kind of favor, hit the subscribe button, leave them a comment, share it out with a friend. Anything helps Ken. He's doing a really amazing job for you. And uh, if you're finding value in it, I know as a fellow podcaster, um, just reciprocate it back in any way you can. Perfect. Thank you, Colin. And again, thanks everyone for listening and go out there and crush it. And if you ever need anything, feel free to reach out to me at Ken and do what Colin said. Have a great afternoon.